Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to the second to last episode of the 40k segment of the Wide World of Wargaming. I am your host, Fitzo Morgado. Joining me is the erstwhile Mr. Ben Neal, my longtime comrade. I sort of know how to play 40k still. I, yeah, like when was I, I tried playing a game on TTS and I just kind of went, I don't remember how to do anything. So <laughs> I've played two games of 9th Ed so far. And and before we get into it, just how are, how have those two games gone? Are they an improvement over eighth? Have have has nothing changed whatsoever, or have we taken a step back? So I like it more than eighth, but there's still a lot of issues. I feel, especially right, well, we are... with just balance between factions, which is the the never ending problem with this game yeah. because there's thirty three of them. Um, and also be... internal balance and codexes is just as yeah. bad as 8th edition too. Like there's still units that are totally garbage and half of them went up in points now. Yeah. Let's, so let's start there. I think the number I saw floating around was that the general price of, co- of units in almost every codex went up about 15%. Yeah. 15 to 20 about 15 to 20%. So the expectation being that we're looking at seeing a fifth of a uh, uh, fully 20% fewer models on the board. Um, go, you know, moving forward. What does that mean to you? What do you like? What do you think that that indicates as far as the intentions of Ninth Edition? So I actually like it. I like a little less models on the table, especially for from when Eighth dropped to the end of Eighth. We had like two years of just things steadily getting cheaper with every chapter approved, and yeah. the tables were just getting really bloated with stuff yep and then going to the smaller table size is great going to smaller armies is great uh it's not here's one cheap unit uh i'm gonna bring 200 orc boys i'm gonna bring Mm -hmm. 400 grots because they're super cheap yep it's like oh i actually need to bring here's one unit of this one unit of this one unit of this actually make an army that is a little more coherent and it actually matters how you use each of your units. So that was one of the first things that I suspected when I saw how armies were supposed to be constructed. And when I started seeing the points changes and the rules changes is I expected the game to move away from hyper-specialized armies into a more generalized, I'm going to bring a group of my units that I really, really like. You're going to bring a group of your units that you really, really like. We each have different but similar play styles because war is basically a contest of throwing rocks at each other and then we're just going to find out who the better player is not whose codex has the better special rules yeah i mean the the new missions they certainly take getting used to but i think they're going to be great for how fun each game is because uh these new missions gun lines are essentially dead yeah uh, they're Basically. pretty much out of the game. Like, sure, they can kill stuff, but they're going to get swept on the primary. They're going to score zero points on the primary in any of these new missions, which yep. is great. Like, mobile games are fun. Fighting in the middle is fun. Actually having to move around, that's all good. But it's a way different dynamic compared to Aethed, where it was get your one hold and then shoot stuff. And try and get hold, kill one, kill more, and you'll win every yep. single game. Yep. Yeah, I mean the 
and I listen, I say this as a card player who, you know, I live by the gun line, I die by the gun line. Uh, but I don't have any problem with a game moving away from that only because I've always played a little bit differently than everybody else. Like that's just, it's the, I mean, I, okay. I'm a guard hipster. I'll put it, I, I will admit to that. Like <laughs> I just, that's the way I operate. Everybody else always told me stormtroopers suck. I've always found a way to make them work. Um, and I, I think honestly, scions are going to be pretty fucking good in this edition. Yeah. I mean, anything that's super mobile with obsec and deep strike is all solid. Now they, they're kind of lacking in survivability because you know, they're guard. Yep. Which uh, is actually a really big issue in these new missions because scoring is done at the end of your command phase. Yep. So you need to hold objectives for an entire turn to actually score them. Uh, The first game of ninth that I played against one of my friends, neither of us scored a primary point until turn four. Because we wow. were both using our, our 8th Ed armies, just converted with the new points. And every single turn, we just completely shot each other off the objectives until turn yeah. 4. And I mean, at that point, you've kind of defeated the whole purpose of moving to the new rules. Because then you're just, yeah. you're, you're just praying that you picked better secondaries. That's what it was. It was enti- entirely came down to secondaries by the end of the yeah. game. And the secondaries and just, are a lot harder to achieve, which I like. Yeah, and I suspect if either of you had been playing a more ninth edition centric army, you probably would have just wrecked the other one. Yeah, that that's actually exactly what happened in the second game we played, where I kind of switched to a, a custodies list that was built a lot more for ninth ed, mm-hmm. and I ended up almost sweeping him with that. And I, this was probably a list. You're a you're a fairly aggressive player. Um, you do love your magic boxes, but really only as a you know, what a a catapult to throw you into somebody. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I I think this this new edition is going to be of great benefit to people like you, uh, instead of frankly people like me. And I'm I'm interested to see how much I have to change as a player in order to adapt to the new to the new world order. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a love-hate relationship with Magic Boxes. Because, yeah, they were necessary to play a lot of close combat armies, but they were just kind of a feels-bad mechanic most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I put my six Centurions in here. Have fun. You can't shoot anything in my army now because it's Centurions, scouts out of line of sight, or characters behind the Centurions. Like, have fun. No, I, yeah. I mean, that was a lot of people's problem with Magic Boxes is that they just, they were not interactive, yep. I think is probably the best way to say it. Like, it, it was just a, why is this on the board? I don't get to do anything. Okay, I guess I lose because this guy's single, you know, broom my entire front line off the board unit is going to spring out of it like a trapdoor spider, grab everything within 40 inches and go, no, 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 you're all dead. Yay. Yeah, and, and wrap up one fire warrior. And and wrap up one fire. Fu- oh, my God. Don't remind me of that <laughs> stupid rule. Oh, but eighth is dead. Long live the eighth. We're, we're not doing it. Um, <laughs> the What are the biggest changes from eighth to ninth that you're seeing and the difference you expect them to make? 
Uh, so, I mean, the biggest change is the missions, again. It's going to entirely so? change every single list and all the play styles. You think they're really big, you think they're a bigger difference? For missions. Oh, I'm sorry, you go need, ahead. You need survivable, close-range units that can hold objectives. Or you need a lot of something. Yep, high mobility is also really key. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and I mean, with the new is... coherency rules, hordes are not really going to fill that role. So that's, that's an interesting. I'm, I'm with... glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about that. When yep. you say hordes, do you mean armies that bring a lot of models or armies that bring large units? Because those are two different things. So large units generally, yeah. like before it was. Oh, here's my thirty plague bearers. They're going to string halfway across the board, and they can tag two, three objectives, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're getting about half as much space, because you've got yep. to double up on those big units. And you can't yeah, just pull the guys in the middle and hold both the objectives on the edge and just not move. Now mm-hmm. you're going to have to pull one of those flanks entirely. And it's and as soon as you start pulling from that flank, it basically forces you to keep pulling from the same side in order to maintain coherency on the other. Which yeah, sure. you know, I think we all agree that the idea behind the old wound allocation rules was was decent. Like you want to give people the ability to that you want people to have some agency in picking their casualties. But I think the rules were probably a little too abusable. Yeah, I mean, conga lines are just a a silly tactic that comes out of a tabletop game that is not a thing anywhere no, <laughs> except just, the tabletop game and Con- conga lines should gone. never have existed and we're all happy they're gone yeah, it, well not all of us there's so they're gonna be some butt mad chaos players but they're always mad <laughs> oh i did it all the time with my uh my vanguard veterans i'd have the three hammers in melee and then the yeah. seven chain swords would string back to the buffing characters yep i remember <laughs> this and that i mean i'm fine with that being gone so, it's, speaking of the missions, and I, I guess this is what you're, you know, this is the big difference for you. I've read the packet, and to me, like, yes, they're they're different, but at the same time, you know, a lot of these are stuff we were playing for already. They've essentially just added progressive scoring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but perfect example. That. So, perfect example. I'm going to pick two of them, all right? Number okay. one is cut off the head. So, this thing claims it's an end game objective. This is not an endgame objective. This is a, you either intend to kill your opponent's warlord by, like, turn three, or don't take it. You know what I mean? For what? For the, the secondaries? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, that is that is a, I am planning on being in your mouth, basically, by the end of turn two. And if I, if I don't make it, I've essentially lost, because I'm never getting a benefit out of half my secondaries. Um, yeah, so... There's an interesting dynamic in the secondaries in that you're allowed up to 15 points for each one. But a lot of them, you can't score 15 points. But they're it's generally or it's very difficult. So you can take a super easy six, eight points, or you can take a potentially hard up to 15. Like there's a, a psychic ritual one where you need to cast a psychic power with a psyker who's in the middle of the table for three turns in a row. If you do that, you get 15 points. Yep. But if you only get it for two turns, you get zero points. Yep. So high risk, high reward, or you take the slay the warlord one, you get like 
eight points for it, mm-hmm. which is generally well, no, I mean, pretty easy. Yeah, Slay the Warlord, actually, the the reason I looked at that one right away is because if you somehow magically are able to get somebody's Warlord on turn one, it's 13 points. But uh-huh. if you get it on turn five, it's one point. Yeah. That's... I I I can't see. I I love killing characters. It's like my favorite thing in 40k. I love <laughs> killing overpriced, overpowered, linchpin models that somebody should have thought better about bringing. Or the ones um, they spend a lot of time painting and. Oh yeah, because it, it just takes the it, it's it's a it's a it's a mental hit. You know, it's like oh this is the most important model in my army and now it's dead. What do I do without it? I don't know. I hope <laughs> you learned how to play 40k. Um. But I'm I can't see myself ever taking cut off the head. You know what I'm saying? Uh so I mean it depends. Like say you walk up to a game and you're playing an Imperial Knights player who has a castle and is his warlord. Yeah. I you can I probably guess. kill that turn one. If you go first. Yeah, it would be tough, but yeah, probably I mean it would it would take everything, but I I, I guess Yeah, you... it would take it would take your whole army shooting into that castle in, but now you're getting 13 secondary points, which is huge. That's that's a, that is many. That is many many points. But I mean, as what far as it? being different, the uh, the primary there is no incentive for killing stuff on the primary. No, and that's I mean, that hurts me, like physically. That hurts me. Yeah, um, I mean, it's AOA because I. I, I like killing things and there should be some kind of benefit to making your opponent's army less cap- like less able to hurt you. But the problem is, is that people have just been leaning too far into that as their way of winning a game. Yeah. So that's where I really like the secondaries because you can get an incentive for killing yep. their army. Whereas yep. Age of Sigmar, there are no secondaries. So there is literally zero point to kill models except to get onto objectives. You could play which, an entire game of Age of Sigmar without killing a model, and it wouldn't matter. Which would be the most? Which for the person doing it is the <laughs> most like that's the biggest flex win I've ever yeah, heard it, of ever. It, it's unlikely, but it could theoretically happen. Yep. And sure, you can pick your secondaries in 40k to do that if you want. But 40k is a lot more deadly game than Age of Sigmar. There's a lot more shooting, so. Well, and there's a lot more things with. with, There's also a lot more things with a rent with a armor uh, modification of more than one. Yeah, hot take. You'll still want to kill models in Ninth Ed. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. You're gonna. You still want to actually kill your opponent. Um, So not killing your opponent's models is still important. Ninety the the people like me who like to swing hammers, uh, we still have a chance. <laughs> but oh, I just completely lost my train of thought. Why does this happen to me? All right, um, we talked about the missions and kind of how the primaries are most are basically entirely focused on holding objectives, while you can craft the secondaries to be more tailored to your play style. Yep. Let's talk about army construction. Now, we already said that we agree that we think this game is going to lean more towards generalized armies able to do multiple things. However, there are some codexes who, to put it bluntly, can't do multiple things. So how are those going to fare 
which of those do you find have are in the worst part? Really, I'm looking at you, Necrons. So the the two things I think you need in ninth ed are mobility and survivability. Yep. And pretty, I think every army in the game can do at least one of those pretty well. And it's survivability. We're leaving very, very open. We're we're leaving both of those terms very open to interpretation or open to uh, specific abilities in everybody's book, right? Yeah, because it's no more a scout squad runs out of a ruin onto an objective at the end of your turn, and you get a point for hold one. Mm-hmm. Now that scout squad's got to sit there for the entire opponent's turn, yep. and any smart opponent's going to look at that and say, oh, this scout squad is the only thing that's going to give you a point? Well, I'm just yep. going to blow it up. Yep. And now you don't get any points. Yep. So now you and, can't run a scout squad there. Now you have also to throw if, a Centurion squad there or a Terminator squad. And also that scout squad is not going to be nearly as survivable as it used to be because it isn't stacking minus ones for the most part. Yeah, I mean, they weren't in the first place, but it'll certainly hurt like uh, Eldar and stuff. Well, weren't Camel Cloak, I mean, Camel Cloak, Raven Guard, weren't they able to stack minus ones? Uh, Camel Cloaks are just an extra... Save. My bad. But yeah, Raven Guard were they were just minus one if they were in cover. So they'll stay the same. Mm, okay. That's unfortunate, but I you know, hopefully I have enough minus things that are shooting at minus one to make up for it. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of uh Space Marines, you are our leading expert on all things marine. Where are they going? What's bro who is still broken? And what are you expecting to see going forward? Uh, well, Centurions are dead. Well, with that... 100%. Is, <laughs> raise your hand if you feel bad for them. Not really. That's what I thought. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah, their, their price went through the roof. Which it should have, because they were ridiculous. Yeah, the the, the Assault Centurions were pretty undercosted. Uh, I mean, what was unfortunate is they were busted in White Scars and Raven Guard, and then they were pretty bad in everything else. Because they just couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So everyone else's Centurions got punished for White Scars and Raven Guard. Which is one of the issues with having such a diverse codex with all the same points values. Yeah, that is 100% true. Because the White it... Scars army plays a thousand percent differently than a Salamander's army or an Imperial or an Ultramarine's army. army. Yeah, or any of those. But they have exactly the same points. And so certain that, units you know, are going to be way better in one. Certain play styles are going to be way better in one. And is that... It, how to say this correctly? Is that really... That's presenting a really serious balance problem just in perpetuity, right? Yeah. It's just like this is a thing that should have been noticed. And frankly, they should have either gotten their own books or frankly, it should have been the old way where you get like one special rule per uh, per chapter, not seven. Yeah. So, I mean, what I would have loved is if the supplements introduced different points costs for units based on their chapters, like fluff, sort of. Like, yep. oh, you're an Imperial Fist army? Well, you can have a little discount 
on uh, like Devastator Centurions with heavy bolters. Mm-hmm. But if you want to bring like a, a bunch of flyers or something, those are more expensive because they don't really use those as much. Or white scars, if you want to bring dreadnoughts, those are going to cost more because they don't like dreadnoughts. But and I mean, that would have been a cool certain, idea. But and there are late. certain units that just benefit more from the from existing in a certain codex, and they should pay a premium for that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's unfortunate that that just hasn't been done. Um, look, I, I, I can you can make the same argument essentially for all of the make your own or, or all of the multi uh, multi factions inside a single codex book. Um, like nobody ever thought that the guard uh, regiment rules were were balanced internally. Like I don't know a single person who ever. I won't say a single person, but if you were playing competitive, you didn't bring Vestroyans. Oh, yeah. I mean, before the Space Marine supplements, you'd have, like, six different factions in a codex, and yep. everybody only played one or two. Yep. Like, the rest of them usually just sucked, and then the uh, the Space Marine supplements just kind of expanded on that. And unfortunately, that, that creep is, that, that has crept into, like, every single newer codex. Like, sisters have the same problem, even though they're kind of a mid- uh, a mid-strength codex. I won't say a Gene Stealer cult, unfortunately, they're just kind of useless across the board. Yeah, but they got mids, shafted again with these They got things. shafted again. <laughs> I, I, how is it possible? I, I think that GW is just trolling at this point. They're like, look, you complained about it for five for five to ten years that you couldn't have Gene Stealer cult. We're going to give it to you, but anyone that wants to play it, we're just going to make you extremely unhappy. Yeah, I mean, ever since GSC has been released, so many people have complained about playing against it because they just get blown away by deep strikes that come in and they don't want to screen or whatever. And I guess GW finally took that to heart and they're like, fine, let's take it out of the game. Whatever. We'll make Aberrant go up by 40 points a model. I need to open this and see exactly how close. I just want to see really (laughs) how bad it got for them. Um, Damn. Yeah. This is bad. I mean, I'm Grotz being seeing... the same cost as Guardsmen now is also funny. Grotz and Guardsmen have always been fairly equivalent. It's, I think the only difference was, what, toughness one? Was one toughness? I mean, one toughness. Grotz have no save. Yeah, but who gives a shit? And they have a Guard, worse gun. Dude, hold up, let's be real. The whole time, Guard never had a save either. Guard have such good saves. No, five up is it. so good. Remember, bolters used to crack five up. Yeah, but not now. No, but it's fair. Uh, it's just that <laughs> that that save did not used to be worth a whole lot. Like you were back then, you were praying for your five up cover save, and if you didn't get it, you were just like, "Well, I guess I'm picking up a quarter of my army this turn." Yeah, and a, a two up armor save in seventh ed was ridiculous. Still, it is still going to be ridiculous. That's not going to change. No, two up saves aren't great unless you also have like a four up involved with it, or unless you have like an ability, uh, unless you have a way to stack multiple plus ones on it. Yeah. So, like, for example, uh, well, now I I know that 
I know of one. I know of two ways to do it: uh, either psychic powers or, um, and cover. Uh, the two types of cover are the only two I know of. Yeah. Oh, hey, Bulgren. Those are probably going to be pretty good in ninth ed. Big melee unit that can take a ton of fire and move fairly quickly because they're huge. Yeah, they can go plop on objective in the middle of the table. And just kind of sit there behind a three-up invul save and just make people uh, behind a three-up invul save at toughness five with four wounds each and just make people very, very upset. Sounds good to me. Now I just need to find Bulgrins, which don't exist anymore. <laughs> I'll find uh, you know. No, you, I can't afford anything right now, man. <laughs> this, this COVID's got me fucked up. But I mean, what are we, you know, what are you looking at playing here from what, what, what did you build as your first ninth edition list? Cause I'm waiting, I'm waiting until I don't have Excel spreadsheet points. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the first ninth ed like list built with the missions in mind that I played, uh, it was a custodies list. Mm. Uh, it was, I had 15 models in the whole list. Uh, I had Trajan Valoris, I had a bike captain, I had the man, the uh, minus one to hit banner. Uh, then I had three Telamon Dreadnoughts and a unit of nine Alaris Custodians, and that was it. And it was actually really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I expected a list with three Telamon Dreads would probably be very good. Because it didn't matter that like I didn't kill anything on turn one, because I didn't yeah. really have shooting, but it doesn't matter. Because I wasn't trying to get a kill one point. I didn't have yep. to get a hold one point on turn one either. And then on turn two, I dropped in nine Terminators with the uh, Vexilla Teleport Homer. Yep. And with all the new strats from Psychic Awakening, that unit is essentially unkillable. Because they're minus one to hit. They ignore AP minus one and minus two. Oh my god. They have a two-up armor, they have a four-up invul, and you're not allowed to re-roll dice when targeting them. That's ridiculous. I think I lost one in the whole game. Like, they are essentially unkillable. I mean, this is what we were talking about a couple weeks ago when we said we didn't know where the meta was going to go because of how much stuff didn't get played before this all went to shit. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what we're talking about. And apparently it kind of slipped through the cracks because nobody got to play. It. Yeah. It's like how much of this is just, I mean, I, I'm honestly really interested in how much shit is going to go sideways from some of the older books that never really got play tested. Some of the newer stuff that never really got play tested. Like, I don't know. I think the best example is I keep, I come back to this because I haven't gotten to use it at all. I don't know how good some of this scion stuff is going to be or how bad it's going to be. But some of the stacks are getting uh, – they look ridiculous. Like you were just mentioning that uh, your guys ignore AP of minus two. Well, nine times – the majority of the time that would freak me to fuck out. Here's the thing. You can get a squad of Scions with an extra AP on all their weapons, re-rolling ones, ignoring cover, and re-rolling ones to wound. Uh-huh. It's like on a 10-man squad with four plasma guns. Well, you can't re-roll against the custodies. Because rules. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, strictly the the scions themselves will not be able to do anything about that. But there are psychic defense is available to almost everybody. Yeah. 
Like it, it would basically just be, I have to bring three psychers just so I can block one of these powers. Hopefully. Oh, those aren't powers. Those are just stratagems. Those are, st- oh, okay. That's gross. And now that everybody has a buttload of command points. Which is, yeah. Let, and, and, and everyone is going to have essentially the same number of command points, which on the one hand is good, but on the one hand isn't. Yeah, like in that list, uh, I had all I had. I had a single spearhead detachment. Uh, in That's eighth ed, I would have had four command points. And now you have. In, I had nine to start with, yeah. and then I got five more throughout the game, so I got <laughs> a bonus ten command points just for showing up. And I mean, that was supposed to be one of the balancing fact, the balancing parts of the command point system was that. If you brought a, a larger, more, I don't want to use the word inclusive, but a more all-encompassing army, you were rewarded with more command points. And now so, that apparently is completely gone. So I actually love the new command point system. Uh, I hated the old one. That bring sure as many minimum-sized detachments as possible. And if you wanted to play an elite army, you're just screwed out of command points. The new system, I think, is way better. And it oh, rewards you for some bringing, detail. like, one maxed-out battalion detachment, which is how, like, 40k is supposed to look. You're supposed to have HQ, troops, elites, fast attack, heavy, whatever. Yeah, but, I mean, are, are, do you worry that maybe we're going back towards Death Stars? Um, I mean, no, not really, because there's still no independent characters, which that was the main thing that made Death Stars stupid. Was when you threw twelve characters in the unit and got all their overlapping buffs. Well, that and the and the old wound allocation rules. Yeah, was the other so problem like, where it's like, yeah. I mean, yes, you can make a super survivable unit, but it's not like Seventh Ed where that one unit is going to do everything, mm-hmm. and nothing in the game can kill it. We're looking at you, Space Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> we are looking directly at you. Like, custodies, they can still go down to, like, a bunch of psychic powers. Uh, mortal yeah, wounds. Mortal wounds, mortal wound generation. Them. Even things like bombers are good against them because it's a huge unit. I mean, the, uh, the new blast weapon rules also kind of shut down these big units. Yeah, but I mean, most, uh, I, I can only, I, I'm only talking about this from my perspective. Most of my blast weapons are AP2. Yeah, so, I mean, the uh, anybody playing these big Death Star units, they have to play them a lot smarter than they would have in 7th Ed. Because mm-hmm. 7th Ed, you plop it in the middle of the table, and it sits there. And or, it runs, or it runs across the table. Yeah, you literally don't have to do anything. You built your list, and the list just plays itself for you. Whereas, if you mess up, and you either don't do enough damage off the initial deep strike or you try and set them up on the table or something like that. Like you will lose a big chunk of the unit and then it's not nearly as effective. No, then it's a, the difference between nine of those guys and five is I suspect a very significant amount of effectiveness. Yeah, for sure. Now listen, speaking of really annoying fucking units that nobody likes, uh, we haven't really talked about what happened. We we mentioned what happened to Flyers. Uh-huh. How fucked do you think Eldar is? 
Uh, I mean, Flyers in general, their rules didn't really change for worse. Like, No, they, but I'm talking specifically about the inability to stack minus ones. Yeah, so that one's going to be a little rough, but most people weren't playing a, a lay talk anymore anyways. Most people were actually doing a custom craft world with the... Uh, it was like the cover outside of 12 inches and then mm. essentially master artisans. And then yeah. they would take the Exarch power to uh, be able to move and shoot with no penalty, which now you don't have to do anymore. So they can go back to the reroll one's Exarch power or maybe another mm. one. But uh, I mean, not being able to really do lightning fast reflexes on the one flyer that gets shot at is going to be a little bit rough. But I think they're still in a fine place if people want to play like three flyers but, but just not you're you're not getting away with running nine anymore yeah because you won't do anything yeah like you can't hold objectives and who cares if you kill stuff you're not getting any points for it so sure you yeah. might go table someone on like turn four or turn five but they're going to be above you by like 50 points in primary yep. by them and not to mention you can't block anybody's secondaries Yep. Because as soon as somebody sees nine flyers, I can promise you I'm taking engage in all fronts every turn. Yeah, or they take the secondary where they get to plant banners on objectives and then Yeah. And the then you never get to take them down away. the banners, so there's yep. fifteen free secondary points. Yep. Like someone rolls up with an eighth ed eight Eldar flyer list, they're gonna get totally whitewashed. <laughs> so it sounds like you agree with me and Eldar Flyers are basically fucked. Spamming them, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think a few like, of them, they're still good units. Three flyers wasn't the problem. I think we can agree three flyers was not the problem. No. No, it was all of them. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was the was guy who brought... And move blocking and all that stuff, which the yeah. move blocking is still there, which is unfortunate, but I don't but think... not, But also not even as much with, with the ability to move over the bases now. I mean, you could do that in Aethed. But you couldn't You couldn't end in engagement range? I think that's different as you well. Still, you still can't. I believe you can. I don't think so. But either way, even if you can, that just makes the flyer shift back half an inch because you still can't have your bases overlapping. That is true. Which I don't really know of a way for them to fix that because i can't say you can put models on the flyer base yeah because there's going to be those people who get big mad and to be fair that's fine but have two you know what why can't they just say have two bases an empty one to put models on and a a pretty one for the display board yeah (laughs) a one a one for the game so that you can't cheese somebody just by going oh well i put these I put this really, you know, really shitty grass and some rocks on my base, and I don't want you to fuck that up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's the issue. It's just an issue of scale, really. Because mm-hmm. people want to put the flyers on the table because they look cool and they're fun to play with, but they just don't fit on a tabletop game unless you like go up onto the second story and hang it over the table with like a fishing rod. Like that would be the right scale. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I I would actually love to see that. That's but that's the uh, 
that's the that's the Star Trek future of uh, of wargaming, <laughs> where the planes just kind of hang in midair and they don't fuck with anything below them. You have a whole yeah. pit crew of uh, people to play with your planes above you. <laughs> I no, I mean, I was just thinking like where you actually have three di- usable three dimensions in a tabletop strategy game. I know that's a fucking crazy statement to make. Um, but you know, I dream of such things. Hey, VR, make it happen. Hey dude, it's going to happen with <laughs> VR and you know it. I don't even want to roll dice anymore. I just want to show up with my list and then the judge have cal- tells me have who won and then we're done. Yep. Just have count cal- 55 games in a day. Jesus. <laughs> I will quit 40k. I will requit 40k long before I ever pay money for that kind of event. So, uh, my estimation of all this, well, actually let's stick on topic cuz I don't want to break off too quick. What were the some what were some of the other problematic lists going into the great COVID shutdown of 2020 and how do we think they're going to fare? We know Iron Hands got slapped. Yeah, they, they got killed right before. Right before. Um, uh, and I mean, one of the biggest feels bad lists was Tau. Mm-hmm. Just trip tied with shield drone spam. But uh, yep. shield drones went up by 50%. They're now let's 15 a, points a model for shield let's, drones. Let's go, let's go have a look at our Frisbee friends. Uh, former... MV4 shield drones. Yikes. Yeah, you weren't kidding. Yeah, in addition, things as fly can't fall back and shoot anymore. Now, they can still shoot in melee, but that's a lot different than falling back and shooting. I mean, and not to mention, you know, you said three Riptides. They also went up a pretty significant amount of points. Uh, my, my Tau list went up by... About 500 points into nine fed. <laughs> That's fucking so I, I was right. I had 80 fire warriors, about 35 shield drones, three riptides, and some characters, and it went up by about 500 points. I, I have a feeling that most of what went up were your characters and your shield drones. So fire warriors actually went up by two points a model. Well, I, and I think that's happening because they're expecting that four up to be a lot more valuable with so many fewer uh, models on the board. Yeah, I mean, Fire Warriors were really good at seven points a model. They were, they, yeah, even even in a game where everything died immediately, you had to chunk like you had to you had to fucking gnaw to get through an eighty Fire Warrior list. Oh yeah, it was in all in all the games I played it. Uh, opponents would they would either pick to kill the 80 fire warriors or they would pick to kill the 35 drones and riptides and i did not run into a list that could do both no i fucking i i expect not like, it was that's... just such a massive chore to play that list yeah because you're talking about like let's be real for most of eighth edition you were talking about a three up save for seven points a model uh-huh which is and and by the way a three up save that with crap leadership but who wanted to roll sixes i mean they weren't even crap leadership their leadership 10 staying next to the ethereal next to the ethereal okay i always forget about the ethereal yeah they were leadership 10 with a six up feel no pain and six is auto pass morale yeah but i mean it took forever to get a formation where they couldn't be wrapped 
Yeah, just spending I mean, the whole movement phase setting up eighty fire warriors where they can't get wrapped anywhere just took forever. But I, I mean, worth it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's like my first <laughs> movement phase would usually take about like twenty minutes, and then they all went way faster after that. But the first one was just a pain. And I, yeah, we that was one of the that was another thing that was very easy to complain about was with eighth was. Not only did turns start out taking like an hour for your first two rounds and then like 15 minutes for the rest, but you normally didn't even really go to the back four or five turns. You know, like, right? By then, the game was basically decided. Yeah, games are pretty much decided going into turn three most of the time. Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't know, do you watch any Tabletop Titans? Um, Every once in a while. I was watching their uh, Necrons versus Guard game, and Adrian was behind, I mean, essentially the entirety of the game until turn four. And then he just had more stuff. Like, even even with everything he lost, which was basically all his infantry and a third of his vehicles, by the end of it, Brian just couldn't kill. Brian's army was so so ground down that he couldn't kill Chimeras. Uh-huh. And the Chimeras are scoring points. And by the end of it, he was picking up something like, I, th- I think he scored 30 points in two turns. Because he was just yeah. sitting on five objectives with Chimeras. It was like, well, that's different. So, I mean, that's another thing about ninth. If you don't have survivability, you've got transports. And yeah. now a 10-man guard unit inside a Chimera, that's fast. And it's pretty survivable. Yeah, Especially I mean, if that Chimera just advances on... and pops smoke. Like, that is smoke a pain is in the ass to shift smoke off an good. objective. Especially when you now have to ignore the five Lehman Russ tanks in the back. Well, Lehman Russes did get... I mean, a few of them got considerably more expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I agree. The battle tanks went up 23 points on their base. The... Uh, com- the uh, Tank commanders went up, uh, where are you? Thir- eh, only 13, that's not that bad. You're still going to see people running three of them every single game yeah, because I mean, they're you good. You paid 13 points to be not tagged and shut off for a turn anymore. Yep. Which is great. <laughs> I'll take that trade off any time. So, so, so they say that's pretty good value. But yeah, I mean, I've never been a fan of Chimeras, but I, I guess I'll take them if I have to. Tarox's new meta. That's never going Spawn to happen. Stormtroopers and Tarox Primes. Now they can move and shoot with no penalty. That's all I wanted. Okay, let's talk about the heavy weapon change and how stupid that was in the in last edition. Could you think of a word? Is there a rule that made vehicles less playable than that rule right there? Uh, that one and the fact that if your vehicle didn't have fly, it was totally useless. Yeah. <laughs> And so even those some of the two changes even, make me very, very happy. Even some of the vehicles that had fly were useless, looking at you, Hammerheads. Yeah. Because, like, all the... And I, I'm thinking specifically about my experience with the Hydra. Um, even the ones... Even uh, even when I tried to use the... Uh, give them the Talaran regimental bonus so they could move and shoot heavy weapons, uh-huh. they were still hitting most things on fives. Yeah. 
So if I if I brought any other regiment of them, they were hitting on sixes or they weren't able to hit at all. Yeah, I mean, that was half the reason that Iron Hands were so good initially is that people actually got to bring vehicles. Yeah. Like you could bring flyers, you could bring land speeders, you could bring hunters and all sorts of stuff and just drive around and shoot stuff. Yep. Hunters. There's a there's a unit we never thought we'd mention on this program. I brought three hunters to SoCal last year. I know you did, but that doesn't mean we mentioned them on the show after SoCal. <laughs> I think, they did I think so we, well. I think we talked about them one time and then just never mentioned them again because I think we thought it was a fluke. I love my hunters. <laughs> you, you and you alone, but I say that as a guy who still defends the Vanquisher cannon to the death. Um, I don't love the Vanquisher cannon. <laughs> no, no, that's, the Vanquisher cannon has officially been left behind. It is, it is now, with Hail of Fire being in the game, the Vanquisher cannon does not exist. Nope. Which sucks. Uh, it's, Should I have made I don't it six understand. flat damage in ninth head. I, I don't even need that. They should have just made it heavy two. Like, if a battle cannon is D6, why can't a Vanquisher be two? Because when they made the initial rules, all they did was look at 7th Ed. And if it was yeah. a large blast, it became D6. And if it wasn't, it was just one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, look at a railgun. One shot. D6 I, damage. Railgun yeah. has the uh, Vanquisher treatment. It, it did. It, it A lot of things did. Yeah. Um, the uh, Tachyon Arrow on Necrons used to be terrifying. Now it's yep. like garbage. There's there's just a lot of things that unfortunately got got just got left behind, and yep. a lot of it was a lot of people's you know favorite units. Um, I mean that's always gonna happen in addition change. Yeah, I mean I'm just I'm looking at some old friends on the guard uh, gun list, and there's some of these changes that are just in inexplicable. Uh, looking at you, exterminator auto cannon, um, because you needed to go up 13 points. Because people were really using exterminators ever. Uh, what is what is the what is the one you found most inexplicable? Uh, I mean, twin heavy bolters are thirty points now. What the fuck? <laughs> For space brains, at least. Like, uh, I mean, just looking at the uh, like the Nephilim jet fighters, they went up by about forty points a model, and most of it was in those heavy bolters they have to carry around. I mean, damn. That's that's pretty bad. Six but grab sheer... cannons actually went down. Grab cannons like halved in points. They're like ten points a model now. What what So like a, a grab devastator squad and a drop pod is I it might have even gotten cheaper. Please no. And they Please were already really, things. really good. Yeah. So they were let's be clear, they were all they were really, really good once. And then they died. No, they're really good right now. Ah, uh, questionable. With that, they got one CP strat to reroll wounds and reroll damage. As long as you deep strike them next to like a chapter master. Yeah. Okay. They're also well, really good in ultramarines because then they can move and shoot with no penalty on turn two. Or iron hands, they can do it on turn one, and they reroll hits a one. Something tells me you're looking into this very heavily. 
Oh, I mean, t- tons of people have done it. It was a thing mm-hmm. for a while before, and they just got even better. <laughs> so remember, everyone, we said earlier that Centurions were dead. What we meant was Grav Centurions are back, ex- and the rest are dead. Well, no, because Centurion Devastators went up by like 20 points a model base. And Hurricane Bolters went up by 5 points each. Hurricane Bolters were an insane deal. They just like they just were. Yeah. Like they were stupid cheap for the for just for 8th edition was the addition of who can roll the bigger chunk who can roll the bigger shadow uh shadow run equivalent dice stack and Hurricane Bolters made that insanely easy for what was supposed to be an elite army. Oh yeah. A unit like two units of six centurions were throwing yeah. 200 dice a turn. Between their flamers and their hurricane bolters. Exactly. And that's not, there is, that's not only not balanced, that is just unpleasant. Yeah. It's, it takes forever too. Yeah. uh, You're, that is not how Marines are supposed to operate. (laughs) I'll put it that way. Well, uh, hurricane bolters are zero points in custodies. So I'll just bring a 10 man unit of bikes with hurricane bolters just for you. Uh, you know, luckily the ten man unit you're bringing is probably a thousand points. Hey, it's only nine fifty. Okay, I, mean, you know, I just want you to know I absolutely guessed on that, and I'm glad that, that was it was not bad. Yeah, right. good job. <laughs> um, and remember, they say I'm bad at math. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so there there's too many changes for us to just go line by line and go codex by codex. Well, this unit went up 13 points and this one went up, you know, 27%. We agree that the game is moving in certain directions. Do you like the direction overall? And do you think enough has been changed from eighth to make this a more balanced game? Yeah. I mean, almost all of my gripes with eighth edition got fixed. Mm Mm-hmm. They added a couple new ones, but overall, it's a net positive. And they also brought back some of the stuff that we missed. You know, like I think the, I think one of the biggest things that people are not really appreciating having an effect on games is going to be, uh, is going to be the terrain, the the return of the old terrain rules. Yeah, like that's. That's a thing that has a very subjective and unpredictable effect on a game that can be exploited by by higher quality players. Uh huh. But you don't pay points for it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. The new missions are weird, but once you actually build a list with yeah. them in mind, they're actually really fun and really balanced. And object like objective based list building is kind of always been on the fringes of 40k i would say Uh like a lot of times you would either build to grab everything on the bottom of five or to board your opponent yeah i'd say probably 90 percent of my eighth ed lists were kill things first focus on objectives later yep it was like can i hold one objective per turn for the game that's all i cared about jesus now every list i build has to be all right, I need to hold probably three for an entire game turn. Yep. To get max primary points for that turn. So that's, and that's huge just, differences in list building. Yeah, because you're talking about holding back. That's that is the existence of points at all 
that either have to be equipped differently to contribute for longer range or to be cheap enough that if you lose them immediately, you have a replacement standing behind them to hold the American. Yeah, like one of the best units in ninth that I bet is going to be the standard custodian guard squad. Like three guys with storm shields that can sit on objective. They're tanky enough that they can take a lot of fire. They're good in melee so they can kill anything that comes near them. They're obsec, and they'll just sit there. And they're cheap. It's like 150 points for that unit to hold an objective for almost the whole game. I think one of the longest running imbalances in 40k is the Storm Shield. Yeah. It just it just is. That's you should. Invul well, I mean, save... we we've talked about invul save saturation before, and ninth head has the exact same issue with that that eighth head had. Yep. And I suspect it's going to be the same where, if things don't have an invul save, you need to really think hard if they're worth it. Because otherwise, they're going to get picked up by a bunch of Space Marine LAS cannons. So they're AP minus four on turn one. Well, that was depressing. Thank you for that. Um, I was just <laughs> talking about how much I wanted. I was just remembering how excited I was to bring Lehman Russes again. Just bring more Bulgren. <laughs> just bring more Bulgren. <laughs> more Bulgren and Chimeras. Just bring so yeah. many that it doesn't matter that they don't have an invul save. Yep. Uh, that's, you heard it here first, folks. Whatever you're bringing, bring more of them because of Space Marine last cannons. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up there because I'm just fucking depressed now. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. Anytime. We'll be back next week, folks, for our uh, – we will call it our hiatus episode. Um, this is not goodbye. It will not be a goodbye, but it will be a we'll see you again. It's our Michael Jordan semi-retirement episode. It's Very nice. That's perfect. <laughs> 